Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real Where is she? Beneath the She's like you of time very much like you the feelings disappear she needs our help you are someone to come along someone has come along <laughs> can you say that again must show enthusiasm okay not enthusiastic enough but good enough for now welcome to the wages of cinema i'm jack and oh oh my god wait a minute you aren't hearing the other person uh what, what happened to andrew i don't know maybe oh i see he's been using brand x <laughs> actually that was a pretty good laugh you were starting to do the diabolical laugh but then you actually just did your laugh um i am actually joined uh andrew uh couldn't be here tonight uh but i am actually joined by a uh, good friend of the show and uh good death star plus de slash death star matt howdy folks yes howdy matt how's it going Things is going, Jack. Things, things are going. Things That's are good. Going. Good, good. We're gonna and we're gonna get going about this thing that we just saw because we just got back from a movie. Um, actually, let me just turn up your mic a little bit just because I want to make sure that we're all good in the hood. Okay, I turned it up a little bit more. Um, yeah, we just saw Logan. We did. But, <laughs> but the question but, now is: Was Logan the best there is at what it does? Or what it does is not very good. Uh, I think it was almost the best at what it does. <laughs> uh, that was a weird way to put it. It's a catchphrase. Yeah, I know it's a catchphrase, but the way you worded it, it sounded a little uh, awkward. Yes. <laughs> that was your plan all along. Indeed. Um. Yeah, so I guess, uh, I mean, we have a lot to talk about, I think, with this movie. Uh, but I guess I could just get started by saying that I... Uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, but I had my expectations set in the floor, so that's not exactly <laughs> a ringing endorsement. Okay, but so so here's here's the here's the first question then. If the floor is something like uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, is Logan at the level of like the chair or the table? Huh, I'd say it's. Uh... Let's gonna give it a table level. How about that? Okay, wow. See, that's uh, you. You heard it here, folks. That is a that's about as ringing in, as an endorsement as you are gonna get. Matt gives this a table up. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, look. Here's the thing. We previously have had th this is the tenth X Men franchise film. I don't know if it, it depends on if you count Deadpool or not. It, yeah, I, you do. <sighs> It's funny because, uh, well, the thing is, I posted on Facebook today asking people if, uh, um, like, if if Deadpool really is uh, an X Men movie because it, it almost kind of is like a tentacle on the X Men franchise. Like it, 
it, you know, it has characters in the X-Men world, obviously, but it, it, a part of me almost, and it, it comments on the X-Men, but it, it feels like its own type of movie. It's still connected to the X-Men universe. Okay, it, I'll let it go. It's an X-Men movie. All right. Moving but on. this is also the third Wolverine movie, as far as uh, these movies go. And um, as far as that goes, this is certainly monumental step up from X-Men Origins Wolverine and even the Wolverine. I would agree with that. Yeah, which, and I, I, I didn't hate the Wolverine. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed some parts of it, even though uh, you could tell that it it was a project that another director took on that he didn't originally start with, that it could have been a Darren Aronofsky Wolverine movie, and we are never going to see that. <laughs> Maybe. Who, never, who knows? Um, I think about this movie, uh... Well, first of all, let me let me tell you what the story is because here, um, in a way, we're getting another movie that uh, kind—I guess in a way, Days of Future Past kind of had its foot set in the future, which was was remind me in Days of Future Past when it's in that future with the Sentinels—is that actually present day? No, it's a little bit into the future. Okay, because I'm wondering that so. I don't remember what the exact date they gave was, but it was definitely not the... I don't think it was supposed to have been Well, the now, well, I guess because of the continuity that changed everything, for a split second, I was like, wait a minute. But wait, how, how does the... Wait, but, but the things in Days of Future Past, how does that work? We'll, we'll, we'll get them. Oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can just forget that happened. But interesting. So this movie takes place in the year 2029. And... Um, there are no there are no mutants as far as they were in other movies. It's just uh, Logan, aka Wolverine, and Professor X, uh, and AKA Caliban. Ca Caliban. Well, we'll get to him in a moment. Um, and what what happens is, uh, it's a future that doesn't look like how you usually see the future in future movies. Do you know what I mean? Because I mean what you know. Yeah. Yes, I. <laughs> that's good. Um, because sometimes when you watch movies set in the future, they feel a need they have to put futuristic things. And what I appreciate was, you know, this is twelve years into the future, and I, you know, there are a couple little future th things, and I'll get to that too because it kind of comes a little bit out of nowhere. But I like that. It isn't set in a future that's so unrecognizable that you have to then recognize the dystopia of it, if that makes sense. It's just that it's enough in the future where, okay, we can make it so that the characters are a little bit older and all that. Um, but I was going to get on with the rest of the story. Um, so Logan's working as a limo driver, um, as if out of Dumb and Dumber. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this, this Mexican woman... Uh, finds out about him uh, and you know tells him he, he needs to help her and uh, this girl get uh, up to North Dakota to uh, or is it North Dakota or is it the border it's the North Dakota border with Canada okay all right because uh, somehow when you cross into Canada everything is safe because Justin Trudeau yeah actually <laughs> see what they should have done was had a moment where Justin Trudeau is shown as still being the president prime minister prime minister sorry yeah prime minister and that would have added a little extra layer of Canadiness. Or they should have talked about Alpha Flight nonstop. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Al 
Alpha Flight is nowhere to be seen in this movie, for sure. Uh, but uh, basically, one thing happens um, after another, and Logan finds, okay, I kind of have no choice. I have to take care of this girl. And me and uh, Professor X, who uh, X in this movie is suffering from crazy x-men seizures uh, <laughs> um they have to get you know from their little hideout in mexico up to this north dakota canada border and um well first thing to talk about this is an r-rated movie yes. and god damn is an r-rated movie very much so oh my god this was like an exploitation movie I really as far enjoy- as the violence. I really enjoyed the ultra-violence. Did you? I did enjoy the ultra-violence because I'm a ghoul. <laughs> you heard it here. Guest ghoul Matt will return on the next podcast. <laughs> Is that what a ghoul sounds like? Yeah, it's like the, what the Crypt Keeper sounds like. Or as far as I can That do. was the worst imitation of the Crypt Keeper It was. I've okay, it's Gollum maybe? It's, can we give Gollum? Never mind. Moving All right, right along. moving along. You know, you've had certain fans over the years say, man, it's so, like, you're trying to cut around all the violence. This is Wolverine. He needs to be R-rated. We need an R-rated Wolverine movie. Needs to be more hardcore. And you got it, folks. Here's a hardcore R-rated Wolverine movie. Thanks, Fox. Yeah, and... You know, look, I appreciate... You know, the violence is choreographed well as far as... You know, like being as, as far as the stunt choreography and the fights go, but man, it all, there was almost a point where even I, who enjoys some good gratuitous violence, is like, "You're getting a little far, folks." Like there are times where this almost gets to be like Mel Gibson violence, <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't have a problem with that. No, no, I said it's about time he got a good Wolverine movie where he could actually be shown just sticking claws through people's head and cutting off limbs, even when like children are doing it. Yes, especially when children are forced to murder. Okay. Yes. Um. Yeah. So you it, this hard R violence is there, but that's not necessarily the reason only to see the movie. I mean, I'm sure there will be some who will be like, "Oh my God." r-rated super hard r lots of fucks not given as far as the f word goes in this movie uh (laughs) like that almost seems like i have to wonder if there could have been a pg-13 cut of this movie um maybe just barely (laughs) they would have had to cut into a lot of stuff i think in the script is where it is that you know it's just you know because sometimes in the past x-men movies they would sneak in one fuck and then that would be it. Now it's just, you know, this is basically, in a lot of ways, too, a Western. Yeah, we, but I got an idea. For the PG-13 cut, they should do it like an old-timey silent film so that whenever there's about to be a lot of dismemberment, they put up a, a title card. And ah, like, yeah. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then they, they say, like, like, like uh, I don't know, which is like, like um, extreme violence warning or something. And then after, uh, and then you just hear the people screaming. And then when it's done, you then you just see the aftermath of like Logan standing there amongst a bunch of corpses. And then the story moves along. That, that's how you'll do it. Right. Um, but it's for the TV edit. Yeah. Uh, and when I say this is a Western, it, uh, you know, the director here is James Mangold, who uh, previously did uh, 310 to Yuma years back, which, uh, the remake of it, which was itself a. A pretty entertaining western, if not anywhere near up to the original. But this movie, uh, it almost at a couple of points is a little self-conscious about that. 
Very much so. Like, because you know, there's a scene where uh, they're um, the, the the three of them, uh, Logan X and uh, is her name Laura? Laura. Laura. Yeah. Uh, she she's the newcomer in the movie. Uh, do you remember the actress's name? I do not remember the actress's name, but she looks like a tiny Cara Delevingne. <laughs> well, tiny Cara Delevingne, but more so. Um, I don't know if you've seen you. Well, you don't have Netflix. Well, you sort of do. Well, well I mean, forget. You haven't seen Stranger Things. No, but I have seen Intruders, which has Millie Bobby Brown in it. Okay. Um, That's but, really good. You should see that, Jack. Okay, thank you. You heard it here from guest star Matt. Uh, but um, yeah, her name is Daphne Keen, and her character in some ways reminded me of Millie Bobby Brown in Stranger Things, who's also this girl who kind of just pops up. And she doesn't really talk, and then she does these incredibly, like, holy shit things throughout the movie. Um, but, where was I going with this? Oh, but the Western aspect. There's this scene where the three of them are in a hotel room, and they're watching the movie Shane on TV. And it's just, that was one of those moments in the movie where I thought, okay, you're, you're kind of pronouncing this a little heavily here. Like we get that this is already a western. You're you're setting your backdrops all amongst uh, you know plains and rocks and desert and lot in, involving bad hombres and you have Wolverine here being even more of a total asshole. <laughs> <laughs> What's what isn't? Well, I mean, I know that it, I guess it makes him consistent, but. Isn't he just a total fucking asshole in this movie? Yeah, he lost all that character development from the previous X-Men movies. It's like uh, every time that there's a new X-Men movie, there's a, there, you know, you shoot another adamantium memory erasing bullet <laughs> into, like, the part of him that gives a shit. <laughs> uh, you, uh, remember, remembering it here for the adamantium memory erasing bullets. It'll be relevant later, spoiler. Well, sort of. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get to spoilers later, I guess. Because um, it's a little hard to talk about some things in this movie without just going right into spoilers. But I could say that one of the things that made the movie work for me a lot was just that emotionally it felt like a very rich movie. Like, the actors all really connected well. And especially Patrick Stewart in this movie, he's acting his ass off. Yes, Patrick Stewart was very good, and I like that they let him do more as Professor X in this movie than they had in previous movies. Like, he gets to be tragic, and he gets to be angry, and he gets to be funny sometimes. And so yeah. like, he feels like a more well-rounded character than just Mr. Boring Exposition Man that he was stuck in in the previous X-Men movies. Yeah, I mean, occasionally he gets to be a teacher. Um, he also is seen as, you know, that he might have some kind of dementia at times, mm -hmm. maybe, or... Um, and the other thing too, is that he's having these seizures, uh, which I, I, do they ever explain why that's happening? Just because he has like, is it just because he's getting old? Yeah. He's getting old and he has like the brain fever. And so when he has the brain <laughs> fever, his psychic powers like lash out and give everybody else seizures too. Yeah. Like that, that's a thing that happens, uh, or pretty early on that sets up what's going on with, uh, with, uh, Xavier is that he, um, uh, he he's hiding out in this makeshift dome that is really falling apart and has all these holes in it. And if he doesn't get his medicine, he'll start having these seizures, which will affect everyone around them and eventually kill them. Um, 
I don't know. There might be a tiny spoiler with that, so I guess I should leave that for later, maybe. Uh, um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know what I'm talking know, about yeah. as far as the backstory of that goes. Because um, I saw the movie with him already. Yes, you did see the movie with me. Thanks. I need a. I was, I was glad to have a friend. Um, Just for you, confused out there in listener land. Yeah. Um, you know, there was another movie that came to mind too. Watching this, uh, Children of Men. I don't know, like in, in a sense of like this is such like a feeling of doom, and here's this one last chance to do something, and uh, so there's a little bit of that. Um, I, I, you know, it, yeah, and also with Logan, yeah, as far as character development, again, it was kind of erased from the past movies. I guess in a way that could be excusable, though, just because that there has been a lot of things that went down in between, like, however many years it's been since the last whatever chronological X-Men movie it was. <laughs> I f- what, would it, be, would it have been the Wolverine that was the last one before this? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm trying to think, was, unless maybe Days of Future Past, was that really set in, like, 2017, maybe? I'm well, not 2017. Um, I'm trying to remember what date they, they put in the future scenes. I, I can't remember. Well, but... at the end of that movie, though, when everything has changed, he comes back to the school, and yeah. there are all these different things. And then you, if you think about it... Yeah, I mean, it... it all... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, no, you kept going. No, but all the things that end up happening at the end of Days of Future Past that Logan has changed... Don't matter. No, it's all gone. <laughs> that's that's the funny thing. Again, that, that is the one element of dystopia that is kind of in this movie, even though, um, in other ways, I guess, it still feels like a Wolverine movie as far as, here are all these bad guys who are coming to get uh, Logan and... Um, shades of the uh, Weapon X program are also in this movie. Um, how do you like? Did that work for you at all? How they treated that? Uh, I don't know. Like, sort of. It like, seemed a little generic. Yeah, that's that's basically my main criticism of this, which I'll get into probably after the spoilers. Sure. Is that, um, basically, it it does feel generic that there was a lot of wasted opportunity to do something more and delve into all the rich material that they have in the comic books and adapt from that but they just took like everything and boiled it down to its simplest bare bones mm. form and that was it just sort of feels like such a waste that this you could have put a different protagonist in without adamantium claws in and it would have worked just as fine as like a generic sci-fi thriller yeah you didn't really need to make this linked to wolverine per se hmm well linked to wolverine like what, what well, do you I mean, mean by that i mean like if you took out like the um, wolverine and x23 and you just had like you know a guy with superpowers on the run from like a shady paramilitary gene corporation like you know they're all like very um like i said generic kind of things they a don't they don't I've... make it really very specific or engaging that you would think that like you have all this backstory and complex stuff that you could do and make this really specific and very interesting but then it's just sort of like oh hmm. this is you just went with like the bargain basement now, version of stuff from now the we should also, now i should also mention that uh if you happen to have read it uh, now no i'm not just talking about you i'm talking about people who are listening this is there was a uh, comic book uh, called Old Man Logan. This is incredibly loosely based yeah, on Yeah, that. that's what I was about to say, because, again, I haven't read it. I've heard a lot about it over the years. Originally, uh, it's interesting, because, once again, 
like last year when we got Captain America Civil War, that was very, 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 very loosely based on Mark Millar's Civil War run from years back. Um, so this is another comic where I was reading about some of the details of the Miller, Millar comic. Is there a dinosaur in that? There is a dinosaur, and it's got the Venom symbiote on top of it. Oh my god, a, ven- a Venom dinosaur? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess that wouldn't have quite fit into the tone of this movie, but... It would have improved it a lot. <laughs> that's basically the only thing from Old Man movie that's worth remembering. And would have oh, been in oh so book. you read the book. I did read it. I It was eh. Okay, so in a way, it might have been a slightly wise move not to adapt that too closely. Yeah, I just don't think they should have adapted any old man Logan at all. Oh, so you almost feel like this movie shouldn't even exist? Kind of. Like, they, they adapted stuff from the comics that I didn't care for. Like, they just like, we'll make the Wolverine movie about all the stuff that Matt doesn't want to see. And everything <laughs> Matt does want to see won't be in this movie. I mean, uh, I, I kind of come from, from a little different... Because uh, I've read a good, a good number of the comics, but I haven't read all of them to the point where I'm a super expert in the sense of, oh, here, here's where this, this, this comes from. And by the way, we I, I don't know if this isn't exactly a spoiler, but we should mention that the X-Men comics are in this movie. Kind of. That's a little odd. It's, yeah, they're not real. How does that work? It's like a very meta thing. Now, this isn't exactly a spoiler because they do... It's mentioned in the trailer, so I, I I'm not going to count that. Um, but yeah, in this in, in the world of Logan in 2029, again this is a, this isn't a world where and this is this isn't saying a spoiler so much. But again, we're meant to believe that Logan and Xavier and this little girl are like the last mutants alive. And Caliban. All right, we'll get to. By the way, who is Caliban? Caliban is the albino mutant tracker and former Morlock who was previously seen in the movie X-Men Apocalypse, played by a different actor. <laughs> he was in X-Men Apocalypse? He was. He who was played S- him? Where, where, where did he pop he up? He was Psylocke's boss in East Germany. Huh, I forgot about that. Yeah, was he, he was, also an albino in that? He was also an albino. He really didn't do much in that movie. Yeah, it's, if he, he, I mean, in this movie, he's kind of, uh, not quite generic, but, you know, the, the kind of side character who, you know, he's going to get, captured by the bad guys and used as bait and they, they do to, more to get... with him here but it just sort of just shows how little fox cares that in the immediate preceding x-men movie they recycle <laughs> a character with a completely different actor and you like a different plot well, purpose well, and expect you to not care or notice well it's a weird well it's a strange thing because sometimes with these x-men movies they'll have some continuity and then they'll ignore other things and sometimes that might just be because of you have a different director. Again, this isn't Brian Singer. This is a James Mangold. So he probably was like, eh, X-Men, Apocalypse, screw that. I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> I, I think he was because at the at the end of do you X-Men, think it's the kind of, do you think, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you think it's the kind of thing where they've kind of, they've movies after last stand ignored the continuity from that I'm, when they, when they like to, I'm, I kind of, but it's like a thing. Cause I remember one, um, we saw X-Men Apocalypse, and then in the last scene, after the credit scenes, you guys were asking me, what is with this Essex Corp that comes around? And then I was saying, oh, well, obviously that's run by Mr. Sinister, and that's how they're going to like adapt him. He's going to be in charge of the company that's taking all the genetic material and doing experiments with that. And then, it was funny, I read that in um, 
they had the commentary for the DVD, okay. and then Brian Singer said basically the same thing. He said, "Oh yeah, this is Mr. Sinister's company, and he'll be in the Wolverine movie, the last one that they do." Because we're setting up X twenty three this way, and then after, then like James Mangold released something like, "No, Mr. Sinister's not gonna be in Logan." <laughs> But I'm guessing Mr. Sister will be saved for the Gambit movie whenever Channing Tatum gets around to getting that made. Yeah, I guess. Um, oh, but, but I was about to say before about, so the X-Men comics are in this movie. Did you see, I, I was kind of wondering about that. A, just in, in the sense of, okay, so in this new timeline that we didn't really get to see all of it because it's been retconned from Days of Future Past. So in this world... The X-Men were a real thing, but then they wrote a comic book series based on the X-Men series where it looks like how, where it is exactly, like, they're holding issues of X-Men comics from the 80s that are, you know, you could probably, like, I'm sure that whatever page they were looking, that uh, Logan looks at in the movie was from a real comic. No, it wasn't. They made those up for the movie. Oh, really? They made special fake X-Men comics for this movie. Oh, <laughs> what a fake out. Yeah. And it's funny too, because like did, I'm, well, I'm curious though, because in the past we've talked about how you're, you've always been a little irked by how, uh, in in the very first movie, how they kind of had a bit of a, I don't know if the, this is the right term, but flagrant disregard for certain things from the comics, yeah, the way yeah. of like, uh, for example, so in the, these X Men comics that they show in the movie, which I guess are, uh, alternative facts comics. <laughs> 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 um they show wolverine in his yellow spandex and again in the very first x-men movie they were like would you prefer you have yellow do you think do you see these comics in logan as being a continuation of that or is it is its no. own kind of oh commentary? no that's, it's definitely an, a, a continuation of that because when wolverine sees that uh laura has them in her back he comes into room and said look at all this bullshit like you think <laughs> that just some jerk and a leotard comes in and around and make everything okay he's totally still dissing the idea of wearing a fucking wolverine costume <laughs> but but see you didn't understand matt this is based on a true story <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Well, that's almost the tone of this. It's like, I've seen a couple of people online compare this almost as like, this is the dark night of X-Men movies, which I'm sure that's not exactly a ringing endorsement for you. Because no. you have some problems with the Dark Knight. Um, I will say I enjoyed this maybe more than Dark Knight. Again, because for me, I, I looked at it, you know, trying to look at it as far as the character relationships in the film. That worked especially well for me. I really liked how Hugh Jackman and uh, I'm like name. Oh, D Daphne Keen worked together again, even though she's a little bit of uh, Eleven from Stranger Things. And again, Patrick Stewart. He said that this is his last X Men movie. He went out swinging yeah. uh, as far as getting enough for his character, while also getting, as you said, enough different kinds of emotions to play, as opposed to being. I'm just this guy. In a, in a way, it felt like a little bit of a continuation of the work that they were doing with Xavier in Days of Future Past that I appreciated as well. Um, and I, I actually, and even though, again, there are some self-conscious winks to it, I enjoyed the Western milieu of it all. I kind of enjoyed that part of it. And I even though I can criticize their not Weapon X, but Weapon X program for kids that's in this movie... <laughs> I enjoyed how they presented it in the film. The fact that we don't suddenly cut to some like 
security you know or we're basically shown this stuff from this woman who uh videotaped it from her phone and logan's watching it and seeing how all these experiments happened and um actually and i will say even though there is a generic touch to that i i know i think i appreciate in the writing how that is supposed to connect in a way for logan as far as well i came from this it's simplistic but i don't know it's poetry it rhymes <laughs> trademark george lucas it's like poetry it rhymes and um but yeah i have to i mean there are some story thing. there are some flaws in the storytelling that i will get to and it may sound a little cinema cine nitpicky but there were some things that did stick out to me but um overall though i would say this is probably one of my favorite x-men movies uh yeah it's it's pretty good um i do have to <laughs> to, to com uh to compliment uh daphne keen is that her name yes you, yes she was very good as x23 i was impressed with her because x23 is not a character i care about in the comics is but she really a character she's really a character in the comics who was introduced in the cartoons first and then oh brought, in the in the 90s animated no series? in the x-men evolution from the oh. 2000s okay yeah, but so they and they brought her into the comics. But yeah, but I don't care about her as a character in the comics. Uh, I know I get why a lot of people would, but I didn't see it until this movie because she really pulls it off very well, and she's just like all the right combination of sullen and adorable and vicious. And yeah, like, she gets she a lot to play. Uh, I'm sorry, and, and I'm just gonna say that she reminds me of my cat. <laughs> <laughs> With similar claws. Yes. Uh, yeah, she she is... I think it, the one danger that I thought watching the trailer was, okay, are they just going to have this girl and they're, you know, the, they're, they're trying to make this... Uh, intentionally trying to do this thing where, um, oh, she's a badass because she's a little girl and you don't expect it. Um, but And again, for these are for more, more so for people who don't know that she's a character in the comics because you know there might be a lot of them that don't um but eventually a lot of her action and certainly in the first half of the movie she's just listening and kind of looking at people but she's a good actress at doing that which sounds like that's not a lot for an actor to do but in this case it sometimes you really need a good child actor to do that and i thought she was just phenomenal as far as that went um as far as little things eventually that the movie has her do, I, I, there was a moment where I went, wait a minute. Oh, you're doing that? Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to, I shouldn't say it yet, but. Um, so, yeah, that, so those are my general thoughts about the film. That I did, I think that as far as execution of the material that, you know, giving it to the actors and getting as much as they can out of the writing in the relationships because that's what's impressed me a lot about the x-men movies over the years problems and all is that you know the the main actors that they've hired are really great and hugh jackman especially gets to do a lot here a lot of it's dying <laughs> <laughs> and by the, in case you're wondering uh he does do the <coughs> <coughs> so you know he's really dying early on <laughs> doesn't that doesn't that kind of a tired thing with movies yeah where they where like if some, you know somebody is gonna be in mortal danger because of a cough yeah if they cough it's cancer or 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 something along those lines like adamantium poisoning that too um uh 
So, anyway, so those were kind of our thoughts about the movie. Uh, I'm pretty enthusiastic about it with some reservations. Matt is uh, as enthusiastic as a table yeah, I from, mean, uh, coming up from the floor. I mean, my, my thing is basically that, you know, Hugh Jackman said this is his last Wolverine movie, and now also Patrick Stewart said this is my last X-Men movie. So, basically, it's a swan song for two very prominent characters in the movie franchise, and then... I seeing what this is how they what they took as story wise to take them out of the franchise. I feel that's a big disappointment instead huh. of making it a big last hurrah and like. I bringing, feel like it would might have been a last hurrah it in didn't, some ways. It's not like a triumphant last hurrah that really like. It's em- very dark. Yeah, it's very dark and depressing, and it doesn't really embrace the X-Men mythos to the extent that you would. It still feels ashamed of being a comic book movie to a degree, and I think that's really a downer, and that it's they really deserve mm. a better last movie for those characters to really make you feel proud to be mm. an X-Men fan and have been following along for 17 years. It yeah. still feels like a waste. Yeah, no, no, that, 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 that's a fair point. I think that me trying to watch it as just a... A drama action movie i was maybe more impressed with it than that uh but um but i could see though why why that is definitely a valid criticism like and i'm and it's a weird thing because even though it's the last movie arguably for hugh jackman we'll see how that goes and pay Patrick him more Stewart. money <laughs> <laughs> or I've, I've i've heard uh ryan reynolds occasionally be coy like well, you know, I, I maybe me and Wolverine, you know, we could do a movie, you know, maybe something like that. Uh, uh. Which I don't know how I feel about that. That'd be a little odd, considering how many like uh, <laughs> hits uh, Deadpool gives Hugh Jackman, not not Wolverine, Hugh Jackman in the Deadpool movie. Which again, it's a weird thing if you think about, because Deadpool is in the X Men universe. And yet the actors who play the X-Men are in the universe. As actors. There needs to be, like, a uh, a thing, like, uh, I know you, I don't think you saw the movie, but at the end of the movie Sausage Party, um, the, the little uh, supermarket uh, talking uh, food uh, find out from the uh, weed-smoking uh, uh, Indian uh, charcoal uh I forget what he is exactly, but he he reveals to the characters that they're all cartoons and that they're voiced by Seth Rogen and all these other actors. And at the end of the movie, they're going to go into the real world to find their actors. Uh, I kind of would wonder if you what should if Hugh Jackman comes back, he needs to make a movie where Wolverine meets Hugh Jackman. Yeah, (laughs) that could be a nice way to send it off. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying though, as far as some it possibly being disappointing in that way. Again, and part, one last thing to say though is that the, it's so violent that it ends up, even if though it's depressing and dark in some ways, some of the violence is so graphic. I ended up kind of laughing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, I hear you. Yeah, they just kept going so over many, the top. There's yeah. so many severed heads yeah, they, in this movie, and so many like knives through the head they had to make up for all the previous movies where they couldn't show it i was gonna say yeah this is like almost kill bill level violence like i said it's it's crazy um so uh if you guys uh want to maybe pause right here or move ahead or not uh if you're not afraid of spoilers uh 
maybe put a pause right here and uh, we'll come back in just a second. Adamantium feed is compensating, but I've never seen anything like this. It appears we chose well, Cornelius. Adamantium reservoirs drain, sir. Absorption process completely. And our dear Logan? Why not ask him yourself? A splendid idea. Logan, can you hear me? I shall take that as a yes. You really should be proud, you know. You are the first. Your skeleton has been infused with a rare metal called adamantium. Fascinating substance, virtually indestructible. Your bones should now be unbreakable in return. We hope to make use of your gift. So, you have nothing to say? Hands itching. Why, what, what have you, what have you done to... Extraordinary. I never imagined. Quickly, Cornelius, increase the sedative drip before... Okay, we're back. Um, <laughs> uh, that was a pause. Um, so, snicked, snicked. snicked. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, worst Canadian accent ever. Uh, that's the biggest problem with this. It's about no problem. All these movies, you can't do an A once in a while, huh, Logan? A? I'm sorry. Um, so I do have some thoughts though with this. Um. So again, it's like the X-Men comics being in this world. They so the, in this fake comic that they that's not from that period but they made it look like from the period. It's like the, it says where this Eden thing is down to the actual coordinates of the location. Yeah. And it's an oddly specific thing though that it's yeah. on this envelope that cuz Logan is given this money again as kind of a western trope uh as if Logan is kind of like the old gunslinger who's brought out of retirement. Uh, um, you know, I'm, you need to, you know, please hi help us do this thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, that kind of Western trope. But on the envelope are these coordinates to get to this Eden place. And then Logan is kind of just like hanging out in this bar. He's looking at the comics he's like, what the fuck is this shit? And then there's a page where it's like, Eden! And it has the coordinates. He's like, you gotta be kidding me. And he still doesn't believe it. Yeah. Isn't that unbelievable? I mean, like... I guess for him, he, he's such a super doubter. Yeah. But you would think that after so many movies where he's doubted things, maybe he might believe in something. Look, time travel and killer robots are one thing, but coordinates <laughs> are a whole different ball game. <laughs> I, it's just, it's so specific. Like, if maybe the book had, if the comic book had said, like, uh, you know, it, we have to go to North Dakota... Yeah, or, or like, huh, okay, that's an odd little coincidence. No, the actual numbers are the, exactly the same. I and mean, he's just like, no, this is bullshit. I mean, I can understand him thinking that that she just pulled the numbers out of the comic straight and there is no Oh, actual... oh, oh, yeah, okay. That, that, that but, could... then, but then, by the same token, how all those kids wound up at the little shack at the exact coordinates. Like, where did they get GPS things to, like, find exactly that little shack and who put the yeah. shack there to begin with? Oh, interesting with? point. Yeah, we should so, mention that yeah. eventually they do find this quote-unquote Eden place. It doesn't look like how it does in the comic, but... Um, it's basically just a shack 
um on top of like this hill and yeah like so did the ki- the kids had access to the comics yeah they were all kids that were raised in that facility which is yeah but like, why would they give how would they but were they they were yeah oh yeah did they did they show that they had x-men comics in there i mean they must have because that's Laura so weird them. though that like Richard Grant gives them the like comics to read, or they think, find them eventually. I think the the nurse who was raising Laura gives them the comics because oh, Richard Grant oh, yeah, said she, like, "No, don't give them Halloween costumes. Halloween's bad. We they're just yeah. objects. Don't treat them like real kids." Yeah. Oh, by the way, Richard Grant is the is the head of this not Weapon X, but what? you know, it's basically a Weapon X program for kids, and it's you know, we're more hardcore. That's the other thing, and I guess that's part of what maybe makes it a little generic is that. Like, well, well, if you strip away that they're doing really horrible things to kids, it is just another kind of Weapon X type facility. Yeah, it's basically they're doing it for, like, the business and the, the, the agricultural things and stuff. Yeah, and, like, like and, and, and business, 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 numbers, numbers, numbers. Numbers, yeah. numbers, numbers, money, money, money. Um, And then, of course, I'm still not quite sure how I feel about this. Uh, it, This is one of those touches that feels like it should be in a movie that is really um uh running out of ideas it they you know because they suddenly as the woman is narrating in her little video on the phone uh she says that you know they 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 didn't they realized they couldn't control the kids anymore so they decided to try to make a weapon that didn't have any emotions at all and and it turns out to be you know a version of logan who you know? Who's super? Who's basically like a Terminator? He's super fucking disappointing. I'm sorry, <laughs> but no, that's the best you can do is give us just another Wolverine as the bad guy instead yeah. of any other X Men villain. Didn't and didn't they do this in X Two? They no, well, sort of. Well, didn't wasn't they it had that's... Lady Deathstrike? Okay, but that was it was sort of. But that it's Lady Deathstrike is thing. a more interesting version of this X Twenty Four. Yeah, I, like this is when you usually get to like the point in the movies, like the the uh, like the last Muppet movie yeah. where they have like Russian Kermit. Yeah, but like um, I mean, even the Deadpool and the very terrible first X Wolverine Origins movie that was at least interesting because he did like some eye lasers and teleporting. Yeah, I mean he was he, bad. He was terrible, but he was like variety. You know, you yeah. kind of like okay, this is horrible, but at least you're doing something new. Whereas this guy, like nothing adds nothing new to the table, and I mean. Yeah. Like, I understand, okay, they made an X-23, so they have Wolverine genes. It makes sense to make a regular Wolverine clone. But still, they should have brought out, like, Omega Red. Like, well, no, or Cyber, or, or something, or a Predator X. How and about also, that? And by the way, they, they kind of mention it in, I guess, a throwaway line. that So Richard Grant is the son of uh, Striker? No, he's the son of, I guess, Dr. Rice, who we never see in any of the previous X-Men or Wolverine movies, oh. but there's a character in the comic books that looks like Wolver- like Richard E. Grant, except he's bald and he has glasses. And it's yeah. like, oh, except well, we don't see him in the movie, so it doesn't make any sense <laughs> to you if you hadn't read the comics. Again, he's just a guy, and I, I should say that I I like Richard E. Grant a lot. He, he's, an, I, I, he's a really fun actor whenever he pops yeah. up in things uh and he he does what he can with this role uh again he's basically playing you know villain scientist man yeah you know uh you know it's like make sure to use all of the bo- parts of that body uh, <laughs> he would have made a really good mr sinister by the way so it's just kind yeah. of a shame that he's generic evil scientist guy number four yeah yeah um but. so uh, 
and so there that that kind of thing happens uh that again we have this double uh wolverine who in in some ways comes into the movie almost as a fake out yeah because uh major spoiler uh xavier dies in the movie and it's like it, it's a really touching scene uh because like uh charles is talking in bed and he had like i guess he had some kind of bad dream or something and he's talking kind of tearfully to logan about like hopes and aspirations and all these uh, other emotions that he's having and all of a sudden dead no and we know it's not wolverine and then it's like oh it's his double okay it almost felt less like something out of an x-men movie and again out of like a terminator movie yeah where you know and we know that wolverine is indestructible but the way that he his double is presented he seems like a t-1000 or something yeah uh, so Dark that. Phoenix killed Professor X better too, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is the second time he died in the next Men movie, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Maybe he can die a third time. Yeah, um, sure, why not? I mean, he had a good death scene when he event he does die and has that moment with Logan. But um, little story things though, and I made notes about this after the movie ended. Um, on his phone, not a place map this time. No, no, it wasn't like with X Men Apocalypse. Although I reminded Matt about that uh, odd coincidence. Um, again, these might sound like nitpicky things, but uh, so they get into this big uh, battle in Mexico with uh, the 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 militaristic scientist people, and you get the one uh, character chasing them, who's uh, not the main bad guy, but he has a fake Donald arm. Pierce. Yeah, yeah, he's played by Boyd Holbrook, which I didn't really know his actor's name. He just is kind of sneering uh, villain guy. And so they have this big battle uh, trying to escape, and they're having this long chase through parts of the desert, and then a train comes and kind of cuts them off. And then they're driving along for a while in this bullet-ridden limo that's barely holding together, and they never get pulled over. No, Nobody they, calls any question into it. They, they get across the Mexican border with no problem getting through customs or anything. Well, I, I, I kind of, well that actually, I I just assumed that they didn't go through customs. They just, the, the wall isn't up yet, Matt, <laughs> despite what Trump may tell you. Uh, <laughs> we still have a few more months. Well, this is set in 2029, so thanks a lot, President. Let's just assume that Trump was, like, not president anymore uh for reasons um but uh but yeah but they but even still like they're they arrive at this ho- they stop at this hotel is it oklahoma city yeah they, they still had to go through texas and all that stuff like so nobody stopped them no i don't know like again i don't feel is that a nitpick that, that, that feels like a genuine complaint that, i would i would say yes it is a genuine complaint that you have like a crazy bullet written janked up car driving from mexico to oklahoma city with no problem and it's basically done as a joke because then when they pull up the the guy taking the, the valet is like wow what's with your car yeah like okay yes yeah, so i i get that maybe you got went through some towns or some parts of the road where you weren't noticed. But at some point, you would have been noticed by somebody. Yeah, because if they had that gas station scene where the, uh, Laura, like, almost kills the guy at the, at the convenience store. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. And he said, I called the cops, I told them everything. So you think that there would have been, like, an APB out for, like, a limo with bullet holes or something. Cause... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then also, and I don't know if this is just a, a complaint that... Um, Maybe happens in some other movies, and you just kind of have to roll with it. 
it seems like at times the villains should be able to catch up with the main characters sooner. Yeah, because doesn't Wolverine take like a tracking bug out of Laura's backpack at one point? Like he finds like a little oh, tiny well, well not in the, in the back. Was it in the car? I thought it, I don't know. I thought it was in the backpack lining or something. But, he, but he finds it anyhow. So that's the question: if they had a tracer on her all the time, why do they need Caliban to track her for them? Well, I, I'm sure that he help. I'm sure he helps in well. Wait, so did they have a tracker on her? I thought it was on her. Or, well, yeah, you said... I'm not sure if it was a tracker. I thought that what, what he finds in the car... No, no, I wasn't sure if that was a tracker or that was one of the pills that Xavier wasn't taking. Is it? Because he didn't oh. want to He didn't want to be like a... Oh, veg. Okay. He didn't want to be all doped up all the time. Okay, so then my question is if they didn't have a tracker on Laura, why the fuck not? Because she's like your uh. super dangerous adamantium clawed assassin girl. Why would you not have already pre-tagged her with some well, sort of the, tracking know, device? But, but the, the woman probably took it off her at some point. Gabriella. I mean, like, but if they did like a surgery and like they could like did a, like a little microchip like they do for pets. I don't know. Like, maybe she did. Would... Maybe she did some kind of weird Mexican radiation thing on her or something. I don't know. Uh, okay. I I could let that part go. What I'm saying more so is that, like, when they were in that hotel for so long, somebody would have no might have noticed them and then called on them, and also and I get what well, they try to explain in a line that Caliban is deliberately not telling them where he is to try to give them a, a head start. Yeah. Um. But not even that so much. But there's a point, though. I'll try to put that aside for now. Um, in the third act, what ha so he, um, a mechanical arm guy. Donald uh, Pierce. Pierce. Yeah, sorry, uh, Pierce. Is he in the comics? Too? Yes, he is. Okay, does he also have a mechanical arm? He has more than mechanical arm. Oh, what does he have? He has lots of mechanical parts in him. Ah, He's a cyborg. So they just wanted to give him a mechanical arm to make him seem like badass Luke Skywalker? Like, that's basically all they could afford for his character. <laughs> it's an X-Men movie. They could have afforded more. Maybe they just didn't want him to be too cyborgish. I don't know. It's like, I only ever see two X-Men here, but you got a whole mansion. I, I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, but the thing is, then, he somehow looks at this picture of... Uh, of Laura and uh, the kids. Yeah. And then on the back of it are the coordinates for uh, the place. Why wouldn't they immediately just go there? Yeah. Well, I think they do just immediately go there. No, but it feels like there are a number of days that pass. I guess. Well, I don't know. I guess. But, and, and they, they have a shot where they show a drone kind of flying above them, watching them. Yeah. But why are they just watching them? Why not get them right then? I don't know. Plot yeah. contrivances. Okay. And so the, so the, that, that were, those were little plot things that did stick out to me. Okay. And I have some more things is that basically that at the end of this movie, um, they do a cool Deadpool moment of just shoot the fuckers in the face. But then the problem with that is that they haven't done that for the previous scenes. Like when um, Donald Pierce tracks Logan back to his place and then uh, uh, he gets hit in the head with a pipe. And then Wolverine kicks him a few times. Then he goes, tells Caliban, who's allergic to sunlight, okay, drop this guy, still alive, off in a ditch someplace, and then come back. Instead of saying, I'm Wolverine, I'm going to cut this guy's head off, then we don't have to worry about him anymore. No, he leaves him specifically alive so he can come back and bring his friends with all sorts of guns to attack their little base. And then also later on, after the Wolverine clone, the bad one, not X-23, has killed Xavier and the family that was helping them out, 
that Wolverine and X-Men 3 leave, but they don't stop and say, hey, let's kill Richard E. Grant, and let's kill Donald Pierce, and whoever else is in this convoy here, so we don't have to worry about them tracking this down later. It's going to take us two extra minutes to just cut these people's heads off that we've been doing the whole movie. Let's just <laughs> not chance it. But no, they let them live and escape and reconvene, and then come back and attack the kids at the stupid base later. Hmm... So that's like my problem is that why did you not take the extra two minutes to kill these motherfuckers when you have an R-rated movie besides plot reasons? I guess because you, then you wouldn't have the rest of the story stuff in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. you, you kind of cut off some of the movie of that. But um, like it doesn't make sense for Wolverine who's like a grizzled train killer person trying to like get on with his life and not have extra problems. Mm. Why he wouldn't just be like, fuck these guys. Uh, close to the head, close to the head, close to the head. There you go. Mm. Yeah, and uh, and also, so they also introduce that there's this like green serum thing that they give uh, the kids, I guess, to give them extra powers. They 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 sort of explain it. I have to watch the movie again to know for sure. Um, and then it becomes a, a one of those devices where in the last uh, in the last act, uh, as there's this big chase happening in the woods to get to the border. Uh, with the the SWAT guys and uh, getting all these kids, um, Wolverine quickly drinks this thing, and all of a sudden it's like he becomes Popeye. We yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just said it's spinach. Uh, it's spinach in liquid form, and he becomes like super energized. And but then it doesn't really last too long. It only lasts long enough for him to be fatigued, and then like he's suddenly weak Wolverine again. But then he's able to get enough energy to fight uh, evil Wolverine at the end. Yeah. I will say, here's one little thing. Uh, it might sound like a small thing, but... So, another big spoiler, Logan dies. Um, or so we think. Uh, <laughs> but, and so at the end, though, the kids bury him uh, and put him into rocks, and they do the cute little thing of, well, instead of it being a cross, I'll make it slanted so it looks like an X. Um, it didn't do the Batman versus Superman thing, though. Yeah. I do have to give it credit for that because at the end of B Batman vs Superman, you know they they show, you know the, the casket. It's like the very last shot of Superman in the casket, and then you notice the little movement. It's like oh my god, they didn't do that, and I respected that. I didn't. I think really. I don't know. I'm what just... you wanted to see like the rocks rumble a little bit that he's not really dead. I want to see the claws shoot through the earth. I don't know. It would have been a little cheesy. I don't know. I think the movie could have used some cheesy instead of taking itself so seriously. Yeah, a couple of cheesy moments. Here yeah, a there. little bit, but I mean... I, I, I think I respected that it... You know, it's like, you know, there are a lot of the X-Men movies have been serious. Uh, sometimes being a little confused about balancing the camp and seriousness. I respect... The, the tone that they struck was dark, but for me it did work because it... it it felt like something I hadn't quite seen before in other X-Men movies or Wolverine movies, and it made it at least make make it distinct. Now, does that mean necessarily, oh, if this is the greatest thing ever, it's Dark Knight level? No. And Dark Knight level isn't even Dark Knight level. Um, but I within the within the framework that Mangold was setting up, I thought it, it worked well. Like, I don't know. I don't really think, like, overall the movie was that spectacular just for trying to be different because, like, you know, they had Wolverine. His healing factor is, like, is copping out on him because he's so old and he's got adamantium. 
and then so sometimes I, the work I kind of like that. Though. Yeah, but then we saw it that made him a little vulnerable. We saw the same thing pretty much in the Wolverine when they put the thing in to to, to make his healing factor not work. So we have Wolverine's healing factor not working again. I'm trying and to then, forget about the Wolverine. And then also they're like <laughs> they have the thing where oh all the X Men are dead and no mutants are being born, so we have not very many mutants, which is pretty much what we saw in Days of Future Past, where there's mm. no real mutants in the future and they're all on the run or dead and stuff. So I said, okay, so you're just rehashing these earlier plot points to make a depressing, serious film about X-Men this time. And I'm like, mm. no, not buying it. Sorry. <laughs> Try harder. You give them the J.K. Simmons Whiplash Good Job Award. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, let me ask you. So, so the backstory of part of this movie is that we're told a year before this, Xavier... Let me let me see see if I got this correct. So Xavier killed all the X Men at the X school, apparently. Like, inadvertently. Yeah. They're just having a seizure. Yeah, apparently. Man, that's really that that that's part of the thing that like wow. So this movie kind of went there. Yeah. Um, as I, opposed to the comics where Wolverine just kills all the X Men. He really does that. He does that in Old Man Logan. Mysterio, whose special power is uh, special effects tricks him into thinking all the x-men are super villains and he kills them all despite the fact that he has enhanced senses so he mm. would be able to see oh wait these are just special effects and mysterio doesn't have mind control or illusion powers so mm. why the fuck did this work on me in the first place yeah um that's one of those things that you you find that out and you're not told it right away you're kind of i almost wish that even though yet yeah, sometimes getting exposition dumps are a bit of a thing in a movie that you don't like I almost wish this movie had kind of just stopped at one point and said, here's what happened. Because they kind of sprinkle the information out to you. And it, at first was a little confusing. Like, okay, so what exactly happened a year ago in Westchester that suddenly made everything turn to shit? I mean, I kind of did like that that they, they sort of dribbled it out in drips and drabs instead of straight out showing or telling you. No, no, no. I, I, I liked it at first, but there came a certain point where they were still doing it. Yeah. And I might have appreciated just a little clarity. Yeah, but I think that, that just sort of like a big kick in the nuts to fans too, I guess, that like, oh yeah, all your X-Men that you liked and you invested in, oh, they all died off screen. Ha ha. Very funny. Again, it's a strange thing because I feel like if this was a um... The way that you sometimes talk about certain comic books being what they call Elseworlds yeah. series, like Superman, Red Sun. This, I, if I was, I was almost looking at this, I was trying to separate it from other X-Men movies, even though at times it still reminds us of it. It <laughs> mentions the Statue of Liberty from the first goddamn movie um, and things like that. You know, that was a long time ago. But if I was trying to look at it as just its own Elseworld story type thing and by and again mark millar wrote superman red sun so he clearly that's one of his things then the movie works a little bit more but then when you put it into the continuity you're right that it it, it is kind of depressing that yeah that you don't have any of the x-men anymore and you're in this very as i said i, I compare it to children of men that feeling of well there's not much hope it doesn't really matter oh here's this one tiny little speck of hope and i guess the question ends up being you know, is darker automatically better? I don't think so. I think that there's a really good Grant Morrison quote, which I'm going to mangle 
that's from Flex Mentalo, where he said, like, only a petulant adolescent would confuse um, nihilism with maturity, hmm. something like that. Is this nihilistic, though? I don't know if I'd say it's that so much. It's just darker. Than I think other it is, uh, like, a sort of an, a nihilistic in a way, like, a, a, it's unhopeful um, for the most part. There's a little bit of hope at the end, but I mean, it just sort of. Like, saying, like, oh, all the X-Men are dead. Costumes are stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, mutants aren't being born anymore. Oh, super government still exploiting everybody. Mm-hmm. All the, the goodwill from the end of the future and the days yeah. of future past has gone to shit. And so it's basically mm-hmm. like saying, look how serious we're being. We're not being, like, campy, like, superhero romp like you'd expect from a superhero movie. Aren't we great? We are so adult and mature. <laughs> Also, lots of ultraviolence. <laughs> yeah, lo- lots of ultraviolence. Like, again, as I said, if you're basic, if you are the kind of X Men Wolverine fan that only cares about the violence, this is basically your movie of the year, um, yeah. as far as that goes. It, it's almost as I, I'm trying to think if it's more violent than Deadpool, which was also pretty damn violent, and I'm not quite sure. I feel like this might be more. And again, I don't want it to make it sound like. I'm I'm saying that the darkness part is a thing with the movie that made me like it less just automatically. It's more, it was kind of a battle with me where I was acknowledging, okay, here's what the movie's doing. Sometimes it's working for me, sometimes not. Ultimately, with this film, the emotional stuff with the characters is what really made it work for me. Whereas all the story stuff, that was still an issue. So in, in a sense, it is very much an X-Men movie. And that's why I said it's a better one in that I really gave a shit about the characters and that work from the actors and in some of the dialogue worked. Um, oh, so another thing I was thinking about is that they're giving Professor X these drugs to make him not be able to use his psychic powers, which is, I guess, a callback to X-Men Days of Future Past with Evan yeah. Saber being a junkie in the 70s. But then... Uh, but the thing is that the easy and the, he's doing it for a good reason because he's afraid that he'll have another like freak out and give everybody brain seizures yeah, like in X Men Two. But the, the easy solution to that would just been put one of Magneto's helmets on him. That would have been so much easier. They probably couldn't get it. I why guess. could they not get a Magneto helmet from him? They just, budgetary like, constraints, Matt. <laughs> Magneto gets like a new helmet between every other movie. They should just like there should be lying them around and be like, here, put this on your head, Chuck. All right, everyone's fine now. No reason but to then, spend money but on what drugs. If those, but what if those seizures actually hurt him or kill him? Well, then he'd die without giving everybody else massive <laughs> aneurysms, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah screw Charles. <laughs> screw Chuck. He's out. Um, well, I mean, it makes more sense. He's like, oh, don't worry. We put him in a giant, like, metal s- silo with holes in it, and that's somehow better than mm. actually finding an old Magneto helmet and just sticking it on his head and say, okay, yeah. you can be a productive member of society again instead of, like, on re- weird medication in a stupid silo in Mexico. Mm, yeah, interesting point. I guess I didn't really consider that. I just was sort of taking it that because they're on the run and because they're, you know, hiding out and without any resources, they wouldn't have something like that. But, maybe, yeah, you, you just, I guess, gave a writing fix that should have been considered. Um... What do you think of the whole thing where she doesn't talk until the third act? I liked it. Did you? I did, yeah. Huh, why? I know, I just thought that it made her more interesting and mysterious. And um, like you said, she's got really good um, reacting expressions where she stares really intently. And um, so, yeah, I think that worked for me to make her seem less um, civilized, like somebody raised in like a lab 
would be very antisocial. So. No, I got that, but it just, you know what would have worked a little bit for me with that if they maybe had a th- moment where you heard Z- uh, Xavier and the girl talking to each other, but like way really far behind, like far away, and like Logan's like, are they talking to each other? And then like they they go back, she goes back to not talking, and then when she reveals it, it's like you can talk. It's like, well, I can, but the way that it happens, it it's kind of one of those things that. Um, like maybe if I saw it again, I would like it more. I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I have to think about it. It made Professor X more useful that he was able to psychically talk with her. No, no, that, that part was fine. Oh, how about when Xavier uses his control on the horses? Yeah. That was an interesting moment. Although I, then it suddenly, as I was watching it, I'm like, this is a nice moment in this movie where they kind of slowed down. It doesn't have to do with anything dark or grim or violent. It's just Xavier, can, you know, helping out these horses who are going all over the place. But then I thought, does he he can get in the minds of animals? Yeah. Huh. That's just a weird thing. I never thought about that. Sure, why not? Sure. So let's throw that in there before we we close out. <laughs> um. But yeah, that was like a nice actual scene of the x-men or what's left them actually helping people so that was good to include yeah that they're helping the, pe- the those people there yeah that he's doing that um i like the scenes with the uh the the family on the farm uh as brief as those are um for just a split second i was almost questioning like are they somehow p- actually part of the swat military group but yeah. it was only for a split second then no, it went away. No, because anytime the family brings in Wolverine, they have to die. Like, in, <laughs> so you know. Every, yeah, I guess that that trend they've kept consistent. Yeah, there are plenty of callbacks if you look for them. Yeah, I mean, a gen a, a theme with this movie is, you know, at the very end of the movie, as the credits are rolling, I I turned to Matt and said, "Remember, he died for your sins." <laughs> you know, there's this feeling of that Wolverine has. And maybe for good reason that, you know, just super loaded with guilt that anybody that comes near him dies, which I guess is a con- it's it that is a consistent thing too from the other movies. Who wants to live forever? Well, <laughs> I would. <laughs> Screw this tortured hero crap. I'm just gonna live forever and be like on an island somewhere. On a Sunseeker. Yeah, the Sunseeker, <laughs> which we're kind of told about but never get to see. Um. So to close this out, because we've been kind of talking for a while, I would, I would recommend Logan. I would, if you want to have, especially if you like these actors in these roles and want to see really good uh, character interactions and things like that, you will get that for sure. Like the character stuff in this movie actually was aces. Story stuff, B B minus, maybe less. Um, it depends on the scene. Uh, but I would recommend it again. It, I for me personally, it wouldn't go quite up to Days of Future Past, X Men First Class level, but it's close enough there. It is one of the better X Men movies. What that speaks to some of the quality of the other movies, I leave up to you. Um, so Matt, yeah, I would say that it definitely is not as good as um, First Class or Days of Future Past or Deadpool. But it is definitely improvement over X-Men Apocalypse. And 
So, I mean, it's really up to you because, I mean, I like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and I'm really bummed out that he's not going to be doing Wolverine anymore and that he chose to go out on this note which has so little of the Wolverine qualities I've been waiting for. Like, he doesn't wear a damn actual Wolverine costume, which I've been waiting for 17 years and he's like, nope, just going out before I actually wear a good costume. But... <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, it does have X-23, and she's really good in it, and it surprised me, and so I liked her a lot, and yeah, the acting was great in this, the ultra-violence was great in it, but at the same time, it's, it's like saying, it's a good X-Men movie, but when you look at all the X-Men movies together, that's not really saying much. Huh, I mean, okay. I guess, <laughs> it, the thing is, like, if you put, um... Do you, so you come in, do you think that maybe you come in with a little bit of a bias? I come in with a lot of bias. Okay. Because <laughs> that, this, this is a franchise enough. that has been largely disappointed me based on the source material, which I've grown to love over the decades. So, uh, to, to quote The Simpsons, uh, is this a happy ending or a sad ending? It's an ending. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's, Maybe a little bit of a sad ending, but it's an ending. Yeah, like, I mean, it doesn't really feel like a capper that would be, like, a good wrap-up to the franchise as a whole. It kind of no. feels like an afterthought, kind of like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is how someone who is not a fictional character would die and in the... an unmemorable, like, pointless, dumb way that's sort of sad. But, yeah. like, I mean... And just briefly talking about, too, so going forward, it's it's strange because, you, you, you know, this is the last movie for these two particular actors i mean do they go on to still make x-men movies with the younger cast do they like are the other actors from those previous x-men movies completely gone no i think they're still going they're gonna do because i guess yeah so even the, it's it's a strange double-edged sword because on the one hand you would think oh is this the end of the x-men franchise but no of course not because no. fox are Never going to let that go. You got Deadpool 2, you got X-Force, you got New Mutants, you got Gambit, you have the threatened Simon Kimberg written and directed <laughs> Dark Phoenix Saga botch-up. Um, so, so, so they do the Dark Phoenix Saga again? Yes, by the same guy that co-wrote X-Men The Last Stand. Hey, if at first you don't succeed, try again, I yeah. guess. I mean, but the thing about this is that they say, oh, it's the last movie for Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman, but this movie is set in 2029. So, so you they still could have go a, back. They, yeah, they still have a bunch of years until 2029 <laughs> we, to we do could, more movies with them. We, we, we could get, once again, CGI de-aged Professor Xavier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think effects are now a little better than they were before, but we... You never know about like all that Fox money that could get pushed in front of uh, Patrick Stewart's apartment somewhere where he'll be like, oh, whatever, I'll just show up for a day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, they, it does supposed to be, it is supposed to be their last hurrah, but, you know, they can make allowances to get them back for more if they have the greenbacks, like Jack said. And it will be so sad. It will be like seeing Charles Bronson in Death Wish 5 or something <sighs> like that. Um, but, um... But again, so I, I I think ultimately I came out of it more positive than you. Um, I did like the movie quite a bit, although I also went into it trying to tamper expectations because even though I do like the X Men franchise a little bit more so uh, than you, I I was also still trying to look at some of the early buzz and how 
I don't necessarily always tr trust rapturous reviews. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds a little uh, wrong, but I just sometimes when you try to compare things to The Dark Knight, that's gonna rub me the wrong way because you know if you're gonna try to compare it to that, a you know you're you're basically saying that well we're not really gonna embrace the comic book need comic bookiness of this. So here's this action western. That happens to have Wolverine in it. Yeah. Um, which, again, for me, that worked a little bit more than I expected. But it's still not the like the ultimate Wolverine movie or something like that. If anything, the closest of that would be Days of Future Past, uh, even though that's more of a Xavier movie. Um, but if you guys uh, listening out there had different thoughts, if you really loved the movie, if you had even more issues that we didn't really get to, because I feel like we got to a lot of things in this review... Uh, you um, could send us an email to wagethecinema at gmail.com. Was there one last thing you wanted to say? Um, get there on time because there's a oh, pre-credits yes. scene that you must not miss. We are not going to even – I'm not even going to spoil that at all. But there, is, there's a pre-logo scene, which um, – Is the best part of the movie. <laughs> I And as I told you when we were leaving uh, the theater, I almost wish that – I don't know if it would be Marvel or Fox that would do it. I wish that – that could become the new norm because we waited through the end credits of this movie, Logan. There was nothing. So if you're if you're one of those people that feels like you have to wait through the credits to see the extra scene, don't bother. If you like seeing through the credits anyway, then do that. You get Johnny Cash's "The Man Comes Around" in the credits. But this was different. This was a kind of scene before the movie, almost like a little short, like Pixar or Disney does with their movies. And I, I really like that a lot. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Uh, and it features a particular... No, no, no. Oh, no. Okay, I won't say it. I won't say it. So just make sure you get there on time. Don't be late. And um, yeah, so wagesofcinema at gmail.com. Matt, tell the audience where you can be found. I can be found at mattvcatania.wordpress.com. And I'll be um, linking this podcast in my next blog, which is going to be my further critique of Logan, which will probably have a lot more comic book nitpicky things that we didn't have time to fit in here. Or actually, we could have talked about them, but, you know, I'm sure Jack has things to do this evening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's M-A-T-T-H-E-C-A-T-A-N-I-A. -T -T -A. Yes, and you can also find that link. We'll make sure to post... Uh links uh on facebook and on twitter you can also find matt on twitter at matt Catania and the same thing as a uh, facebook fan page as well with that same name um uh so uh until next uh franchisey time uh when i hope you will come back once again to contri co contribute with us uh I am Matt. I'm Jack. I almost said Matt. Uh, we're going to switch places. I'm going to be evil Matt. <laughs> um, I am Jack. Uh, Matt? Oh, yeah. I, I could be Matt then. Okay. Good. Be Matt. Be the good Matt friend. Guest star Matt. And remember, the wages of cinema is... All right. Have a good night. Time.